I am fired up. The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg. It is on its way. It is good! Cincinnati wins the American Championship! Here comes Bosa. Here comes the quarterback, Burrow. Looking for a block, and he got it up on the front by Hopkins into the end zone. Touchdown! What a skip! As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. Fellas, I am Aaron Smith. I got my boys, best producer in the city, Ed Mayhall with us, and Jeff Howell. And we are live on YouTube. Don't forget to hop on YouTube and like and comment. That way we can interact. Maybe subscribe if you're not already subscribed. I still need to change my profile. Smash that and like you can button. See, you can see all of our beautiful faces. Yes, there is that. So, it is October 26th. And in the city of Cincinnati, gentlemen, we have the number two football team in all of collegiate football in the country in both polls. Unanimous. We have the number one team in the NFL tied, but still number one. I think they would actually, in the standings, are, are they still the number one seed overall? Or in the they, AFC, in the AFC, yes. In the AFC, even mm -hmm. over Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's NFC, right? Are they? I don't. Know. Maybe not. No, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. They are NFC. Huh. Um. It's I got three hours of sleep last night. Yeah, the NFC okay. South. Um, so you also had Jonathan India named Rookie of the Year. Jamar Chase is pacing to be a India was of, India was just Rookie of the Year for what Baseball America? Baseball America. I mean, but I mean that's fair. Had, they haven't had the actual vote for MLB yet. What they've right. given out those awards. So first, first he's game. trending to be. He's trending to be the the rookie of the year, I would think. Um, Jamar Chase is is just out of this world bananas. He's on track for sixteen thousand, or was it sixteen hundred yards this year? Not correct. Uh, he's pacing seventeen hundred because there's seventeen games this year. Okay, so I was off by a hundred. I mean, well, I mean, I wasn't correcting your spelling. It was, it was, I was going by memory. I was going by memory. <laughs> so it's it's a crazy, crazy time, though, to be a fan of Cincinnati sports in Cincinnati. And I know that the Reds kind of shit the bed at the end of the season, but we at least got to enjoy them the majority of the summer. They were fun. They were fun. They were fun. Until, until they weren't. Right. <laughs> but at that point... <laughs> UC football had started, and the Bengals started shortly thereafter, and now we have UC hoops coming in just a couple of weeks. And what I said last night on on the uh, BBP, it's the season that I'm I'm the most excited for, that I've had the least expectations for, 
probably in my life. That's and fair. So, you know what I mean? Like that's absolutely nobody fair. Knows, nobody knows what this team is at this point. So how do you guys feel about like just what's going on in Cincinnati right now? I mean, it's nuts. We we talked about it when uh, on our hundredth show when Arm uh, Arm Layton actually brought it up when he came on and said, you know, like basically, so we're we're so lucky right now because at the time, you know, the the Reds weren't mathematically eliminated. Things weren't trending well for them, but they they were they still had you know a, a puncher's chance there at the end to to sneak in. Um, you know, we had the the Bearcats were were doing well, and you know the Bengals. You could still see you'd see that you know they had some potential promise. Well, they were um, doing things to to kind of change the narrative. Yep. With yes. The new uniforms, with the fan involvement, with the way that uh, Mike Brown's granddaughter has been just kind of just doing everything the right way, uh, listening to the fans, something that Mike never did, the Ring of Honor, all of that stuff, like. Just the Bengals were, were trying to change the narrative and, and change the narrative they have. But I mean, uh, I'm just really excited about a lot of things going on. Um, obviously, the Reds probably need to do some things this offseason to uh, maybe, uh, as far as like the ownership goes, to increase. The season. To, well, okay. Let, let's pretend that there is going to be a season. They, they need to do some things. Do we are we really because the team won the team won in spite of ownership last year Correct. and 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 brought us lots of joy and happiness for the majority of the season. Um, it didn't end the way we wanted it to. It probably ended better than a lot of people thought it would. Yes. Um, yeah. It, as far as that goes, ownership has a lot on their hands this off season to make sure that this isn't a flash in the pan season. Um, and we go back to you know winning sixty games a year and being irrelevant after you know the end at the end of June. Um, Real quick, are we are like, we seriously yeah, worried ahead. that there's not going to be that there's going to be a strike? I mean, we don't think they're going to work all that out before the beginning of the season. I mean, it's possible they don't. I still there feel was like a strike back in like what nineteen ninety six. I think I, I know, but place. I know, but just like with the whole five, pandemic last like year that. and everything, I don't, I don't. I don't know they'll let that happen. They've already lost enough money. Right? We're and poor. Fans. And fans. Well, absolutely. And fans. So. I mean, the only reason I, we're watching I, I this World that, Series game is because of uh, is because of Adam Duvall and uh, Dusty Baker. That is kind of wild. Um, <sighs> but going back to all of the excitement around Cincinnati sports, and the, I mean, it's something that we're not. Uh, necessarily used to as a blanket statement that Cincinnati sports are for the most part trending trending in the in the right direction and and on a national stage of people saying like it agreeing to it it's not a we're not hey these teams are good but we're in a bubble of only Cincinnati fans are like you know I'm not talking to Aaron and Ed saying yeah these teams are good I, I'm seeing it on Twitter from other fan bases yeah. uh all the way down to I saw a Steelers fan get in a fight with another Steelers fan on Twitter because they said, I told you at the beginning of the season that the Bengals were going to be good, that that was going to be the team to watch. <laughs> and they were like, you can't say that. You're a Steelers fan. And he was like, look, I'm a football fan first. And I wish I had written down his tag because I appreciate the fact that he's a Steelers fan who was like, look, 
that that's a team that is a team that is trending in the right direction and if you look at all the national talking heads and you look at the guys you know this weekend that were talking about it they were giving the Bengals respect and that was even before they put a shellacking on the Baltimore Ravens which we'll get to uh, in a little while but things in Cincinnati are, are going well and like you said with uh, with basketball I don't think that you could have said it any better that more like the most excited with the least expectations yeah. and and it, it feels yeah. like something that's that that's going to be a lot of fun to go through you have 10 new players yeah. on that team yeah of the 15 that are on the roster yeah like that's two-thirds of your whole roster has been turned over and, Only- and it's it's not a group of players that they that they had to go over to the football team and say, "Hey, Connor Barwin, I think you could probably rebound. You, you, can you fit in a in a basketball uniform and stand on the court?" I mean, not that he was like a a, a bad basketball player by any means, but like you how know many, what I mean. How many they fast? Went out, like they've got they've got some quality guys, um, and it, it should be fun. How many fast breaks do you think Sauce would give up on the basketball court? That's that's an excellent question, actually. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think you could. I don't think that you'd be able to pass the ball to anyone that he was guarding because it's the same as being on. It it would actually, I think, be easier because the ball's bigger. <laughs> I don't know. I mean that that's 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 quite a question. I mean maybe maybe the movement, like the lateral movement and all that, is is different on a court as opposed to on the field. I don't sure. know. That's fair. I, I, but then you got to think about the fact he doesn't have to cover nearly as much ground on a basketball court. Not at all. Not there's as much. More, there's there's no breaks every you know fifteen seconds. That too. That so. too. Is his conditioning up to it? <laughs> but back in any the, case, it's, it's sorry. Back to the Cincinnati sports thing. Your question you asked. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it in our group chat the other day. I'm having a really hard time not thinking what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like when the when the Bearcats were down. Well, they weren't. Well, I guess they were down. When the Bearcats were down on Saturday, I had no fear. I was yeah. like, "No, we'll, we'll come back. We'll be fine." But when the Bengals went up and then they started making that comeback at the end, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, that was the, end of the Bearcats game." Anyways, I just still think like, when's the next ball going to drop and the and the Bengals are also going to suck again? But that's just my, me being conditioned as a as a as a Cincinnati fan. I think that it's it's definitely a tough pill for Cincinnati fans to swallow to be like, okay, we're here, we made it, we're good in both of these football teams, and at the same time, because I mean, you got plenty of people who are like, oh, we're not going to be in the top five anymore, and the next rankings come out, and then we move up in the coaches' poll from three to two because coaches actually understand that the triple option is absolutely absurd, and then the Bengals take care of business in Baltimore. It was just a crazy weekend. And I just hope that as Cincinnatians get to view this and take it all in, that they actually enjoy the ride instead of worrying about when the, the shoe is going to drop and, and everything's going to be back to the way we're used to it being. I've got a theory. Oh, it's a very short theory. However, I Go believe on. We have exercised all of the suck of Cincinnati sports onto FC Cincinnati, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> Man, 
Because they are real bad. <laughs> they, they, I know we don't talk about them much on here, but I'm okay with the fact that I'm pretty sure that uh, they've had more head coaches than all of our other teams combined in the history of all our other teams. And I couldn't name one person that plays for FC anymore. I, I feel like, I mean, uh, have they won a game? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you anything about FC. I mean, Lindsay's not even on the on the play by play anymore. The the game day stuff anymore. I I, don't, I couldn't tell you anything about FC Cincinnati. Yeah, they uh they have absorbed everything. I don't know who put that voodoo magic in that new stadium. Maybe maybe it had something to do with the land that they built on or. Do you think we could put a dome on it and make it an indoor practice facility for the Bengals? <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's the way that's going to work. It, it was. It was <laughs> privately funded. I mean, the, there's a pretty the big overhang there. We could just put some blue tarps up there, and we'll be good. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think that's how any of that works. But <laughs> in any case, I just. I just want Cincinnati fans to just take it all in, remember to breathe, and just enjoy the ride because it's fun as hell the same same as what the baseball season was like even when they sucked at the end like we kind of all saw that coming with the way that they just put duct tape on everything throughout the entirety of the season with you know throwing out the the relief pitchers that they threw out there so um just enjoy the ride with coach luke fickle at the helm enjoy the ride with the bengals doing something right with you know joe burrow jamar chase getting some some free agents in here but transitioning to our first segment though i did want to talk about that bengals game because what a game that was Hell of a game so much fun hell of a game so the bengals go on to win in baltimore and i mean they won 41 to 17 just a a shellacking in baltimore like they made them like, quit they yeah. made them quit. Basically, when I'm you like, take when you take your starting quarterback out, you're quitting. If he's not hurt, uh, you're taking him out specifically so he doesn't end up getting hurt in what you are now deeming uh, a game that you have no shot at winning. You're quitting, and I'm I mean, all about it. And it wasn't just a little bit either. They had Huntley out there. The, the Ravens had Huntley in the game. He went 5 of 11 for 39 yards. So he was out there for some time. Like, it wasn't just, hey, go out there, hand the ball off a couple times, run the clock out, let's get out of here. They were still actively trying to do things with Huntley. They weren't just rolling over. He threw for 39 yards. It wasn't good. Um, (laughs) But neither was Lamar Jackson's day for that matter. On the other hand, you had Joe Burrow going 23 of 38 for 416 yards three touchdowns and a pick. And that is Joe Burrow is the only person to ever go to Baltimore and leave Baltimore with 400 yards and three touchdowns. He's That's the it. only That's the name. List. He's the only name on that list. So congratulations to whoever put that tweet together. I think that made its rounds. He was um, first, second was, and third. I think it was C I think it was the CBS CBS sports headquarters like, yeah. or whatever. It was fantastic. Simply fantastic. Um, you also had, you know, a little bit of the run game get involved as P. Ryan had that long run that was set up by Jackson Carmen. You had Mixon finding the end zone as well. But Jamar Chase 
on 10 targets, ended up with eight catches, 201 yards. His long was 82 yards. He had a touchdown. CJ Uzama also is having a great bounce back season after his injury last year that took him out for the majority of the season. And he had his second two touchdown game yep. of the season. Uh, Can we talk about has, how I've never seen him without a smile on his face? The dude's just, just the, having fun. The happiest dude I feel like I've ever seen in a Bengals uniform, ever. I mean, just like, I mean, and that's even with like Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson always seemed like he was happy all the time. I mean, to, to be fair, every time they, they pan across the, the sideline, they I just see look, happiness. Yeah, they all look happy. None of them are like, yeah. you know, the head down sort of thing. They're all like engaged. It's 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 amazing to watch. I mean, I mean, I think some of that has to do with the fact that you know they've they've only got the two losses and they weren't really out of either of those games. So like, you know, it, yeah. it, it's the, the overtime debacle of field goals being missed by everyone against the Packers, and then. Uh, the, the other Andy one, was, they just decided not Andy to play Dalton. like the first half of the game. Yeah, it was the Andy to Dalton the revenge tour. Well, Andy didn't right. even play no, that I mean, full it's... game, did he? He didn't play the full game. He did get knocked out. But yeah. it's still, Andy Dalton has not played a game against the Bengals that he has not been on the winning side. It's fair. So, I mean, he, he won it last year with uh, with Dallas. So, um, I don't know, man. It's It's crazy. The culture, it seems, that Zach Taylor has built. Um, I know that a lot of us were ready to run Lou Anarumo out of here uh, shortly oh. after shortly after he started, and somehow you know he's he's doing everything right on the defensive side of the ball. They're getting guys like DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson to come to Cincinnati as free agents, guys that normally we wouldn't get just any given season because nobody wants to go to Cincinnati, and that's all. I mean, we've talked about it here before. We, I still think that's all the Joe Burrow effect, but how crazy is it that even the national talking heads have all changed their tune and all I saw, I feel like it was a, just a week of apologies this week for all the people who were talking about, we should have drafted Panay Sewell over Jamar Chase. And I'm here for all of those apologies. Hey, Greg, we'll, we'll take I, that apology on Twitter. Oh, that's right. Because he said Sewell to the moon. He did say when we that. had our pre when we had our pre draft show. Uh, I think we all actually were uh, team Chase. Team so Chase. point for BTP. I was back and forth. I think in one I was team Chase, and the other I was team Sewell. Only because I was worried about the offensive line and actually protecting Burrow. But they've done a pretty good job this year. It was all coverage. I mean, it wasn't all, but there was a lot of coverage sacks last year because you didn't have AJ green was not able to stretch the field. He was a shell of himself last year in the games that he did play. And chase had chase made Marlon Humphreys look like somebody that should be cut from a roster (laughs) and he shouldn't be at, at all. Chase is just on a, I mean, he's on another level of just, when he gets that separation, when he gets that jump on him, it's just there's no stopping him. And Ryan he, Clark on on SVP last night. Ryan Clark said that Marlon Humphreys looks like he 
doesn't want to play against Jamar Chase ever again. Ever again. But he's on like a four or five year deal to where he's going to have to line up against him several times a year for the next four or five years. At least and twice. There was nothing, nothing that that dude could do. It didn't matter if it was a go route. It didn't matter if it was a comeback. It didn't matter if it was a slant. Everything that Jamar Chase wanted to do, he did. And, and we could talk about Jamar Chase all night, obviously, because yeah. uh, so he. I didn't realize it, but he broke the the Bengals rookie receiving record already. For, like for a single a single game. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was held by uh, Speedy Thomas uh, at 177 oh, yards in 1969. It has to be a held by a guy with that name. Nice. Which I I had no idea that that was a thing. Uh, I would have assumed that it would have been you know maybe like a Chad Johnson or. Well, Carl I mean, Pickens or he's going to end up with the Chris Collinsworth record for most yards in a rookie season. He's already at 35 catches, 754 yards, six touchdowns. And I did it's the math. He's crazy. actually on pace for 1,831 yards. Sheesh. So that's, that's wild. Um, and almost 17 touchdowns. And then like when you move, when you move to the defensive side of the ball, they're like, you got that. You already mentioned him, Trey Henderson. He mm-hmm. was abusing Villanueva the entire game, My and there God. was probably there was probably fifteen more holds that could have been called. There there was yes. a time it was early in the game. I was screaming at the TV because it, Villanueva had his arm like wrapped around to the front of him and had his shoulder pad and was pulling it up, and his like whole body was flailing back, and he was you know within you know a second or so of still getting through all of that nonsense to make a sack, but. The ball got thrown, and you know, and he's like looking around, like. Well, so he had to show him on the big the, screen. In the in the comments here, Chad just brought up Larry Ogunjobi between Trey Hendrickson, Larry Ogunjobi, and uh, Sam Hubbard. The Bengals had three, three different defensive linemen with seven or more pressures on the quarterback in the game. That's absurd. It's crazy. Absolutely absurd. And they don't really, they don't really, and the announcers were talking about it a lot uh, throughout the game. Is like they, didn't they blitz much. They they don't they don't really throw these crazy exotic blitz packages out there, oh. or like do anything special other than line up in front of the guy in front of you and beat him. Yeah, it was a thing of beauty to watch both sides of the ball. And I don't know, I I don't know that I could be more excited for this Bengals team this year because. You see them, you know, you brought up they're smiling all the time. You see the pictures of Joe and Jamar Chase, like just pretty much always like arm in arm. They they just love each other. They live, I just found this out this week. Uh, they live apparently like one house in between them or two houses in between them on the same street. Like these dudes are best, best friends. And it's absolutely insane to and think then- that we, we almost – I don't know that we almost didn't draft him, but that people wanted us to draft somebody else. Yeah, you know, we we bring up we bring up how uh, you know the the Bengals kind of we talked about it in our other chat where like you know the Bengals are doing things that we don't expect them to do, which is you know they they've spent a boatload of money on defense in the last couple of years. But they spent uh, wisely. Yeah, not it, like, correct, correct. Not correct. like blowing their load on one like a JJ Watt to bring him here. Instead, right. they they got like middle of the road guys who are. Or, 
doing that work. have de- and and some of them have developed a little bit more. But then you, you know they, they went and they got Eli Apple, who everybody you know likes to say isn't you know very Get good on. or he's somebody that they got to hide on the field or whatever. Uh, and then and Willie Lutz, um, who uh, covers the NFL and Cincinnati Bengals on uh, on Twitter here. He brought up that in weeks three through seven, Eli Apple has given up only 105 yards, no touchdowns, 12 receptions on 22 targets, zero receptions in the last two games, and a 67.4 passer rating. I mean, it's absolutely crazy what this defense is doing, and I love every second of it. I saw a play on the. Sorry, I saw a play on the offensive side. Uh, it was the P Ryan, was it with 64 yard or four, no, 46 yard run? And uh, what's his name? Uh, I got what on uh, Jackson Carmen. Just, just you ever seen you've seen the movie? Um, what's the movie Blindside. with Michael Orr? Blindside, Blindside, when he basically just takes the player and throws him over the wall all the way down the field. It felt like that in the video when I was watching it the second time. It was just like it was time for him to go home. And you don't usually see that kind of stuff from the Bengals. No, you don't. And but a lot of it is like so they're all you know we've we've touched on a couple times. They're all feeding off of each other. There's a lot to be said about. Um, Chad says he just likes saying Ogan Joby, but <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot to be said about you know like people. Can have their criticisms of, of Zach Taylor one way or another, and I've got a few that you know. I still don't know that, that he needs to be making the offensive play calls, but no, but but and there, what I'm getting at is there, there's something to be said about the fact that he has very clearly not you know lost the locker room. He hasn't no. you know caught, he he's kind of fortified it that you got everybody together. They they all want to you know play for the the greater good like you. You don't see anybody like pouting that they're not getting, you know, any looks or they're not getting passes or they're not, you know, getting touches. And yeah, a lot of that, you know, some of it has to do with the fact that they are winning. Um, Everyone's rowing in the same direction. They're, they're all, you know, they all, they're all rowing the boat. Um, So it's, it's good to see. It's something that, you know, is hopefully only going to continue to get better. Um, You know, I, Hope that somehow Sauce Gardner does drop to them in the NFL draft so that we can have him. Uh, <laughs> what a piggyback off of you said, like earlier in the season, like during the preseason, you know, we heard a lot about Jesse Bates is upset that he hasn't gotten his contract extension, all that kind of stuff. And then somebody just asked him about it either this week or last week. And he's like, I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried about it. He, he wants to play. He does. He's, you know, with the winning and, that culture, he's like, you know what? Screw it. We'll worry about that in the off season. Right now, we're about to go win a super. Well, hopefully, we have a Super Bowl. Let's just get past the first round of the playoffs. I'm not putting the cart before the horse quite yet with all that talk. But um, no, to that point, I mean, what are you really going to do in the middle of the season? Sure. Like, there's not a ton that you can do, so he's not necessarily going to be worried about. It. All they he can do is franchise tag. I mean, they, they could franchise tag him. There's there's still things that the Bengals could do, not to mention the fact that you can be mad at the front office, which has nothing to do with your coaching staff and nothing to Fair. do with the contract that you're currently under to go out and play football. So, and he's part of he's part of one of, if not the best, safety, safety duos mm-hmm. in, in, 
in the NFL right now, and all that's going to do is continue to drive up his cost, and that's exactly. fine. So I said, and if he's out. owed it, pay the man and keep him around if you got to. Well, I think it's also you're going to see guys wanting to continue to come here and play, and that changes things too to where all of a sudden now when Jesse Bates was your only option, maybe in an offseason where everybody is kind of falling under the Joe Burrow effect, and now Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase – Joe Mixon, all of that effect, you know, you could end up with guys wanting to come here that maybe you didn't have that option before. So Jesse Bates may not be your only option at that position, but we'll see. Let me ask you this. I don't want another safety person, but. Let me ask you this, and I already know the answer, but I I just want to make the point. Why ask? To make the point. Years past, the Ravens go up 17-13. After the Bengals had been, you know, fairly well dominant. They lost to them eight games in a row. So my my question is, in the past, and Ed kind of touched on it as well, in the past, you know, the Bengals go down 17-13, and it's kind of like, oh, no, here we go again. Like, they, they played well. They, they, had, they had a chance, you know, but oh, well. And, instead, and that was right after halftime yep. as well. Yeah. And instead, well, I mean, what, the Bengals drove down at the end of the half as well. They did. Yep. To, take the thir- to take a 13-10 to 10 lead because you have, you have some aggressive play calls. You have you know, some smart things done on, on offense there. And then you have a kicker that you still trust that, yeah. that has a cannon for a leg. And put, you know... Get your three points there, but then you go down. They meet. They come out. They immediately score. They get seventeen thirteen, and you're kind of like, uh oh, here we. And and what happens? Joe Cool comes walking out on the field, and he picks him apart real quick. And he's like, nah, no, we're we're about we're about to hang hang a whole lot of points on you real quick. Put the ball they, in my hand. They kicked the door. They they kicked the door wide open and took the game over from that point. And that was the last, that was the last smile that any of the Ravens fans really had. And I, I was here for it and I loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So I don't know. It's, it's really fun right now to be a Bengals fan. They do have uh, Joe Flacco leading the New York jets as. Uh, Is that where he ended up? Uh, he just got traded by the Ravens back to the Jets. He was with the Jets last year. Signed, or, I'm sorry, not the not the Ravens. Who did he get traded by? He got traded by, um, oh, where what Philly? Philly traded him to uh, the Jets as Wilson went down. Zach Wilson, hmm. the rookie quarterback for the Jets, he's injured. So they made the trade for Joe Flacco to start this week. Good luck learning an entire offense. Well, I guess he may know the offense still from last year. But I don't know. We got the Jets this week. Should be – I mean, the Jets have been really bad this year. But I don't know. Hopefully we're talking about another win next week where the Bengals stay on top. And uh, as for now, the Bengals are the king in the north, and it's – I think this season's going to be a fun ride. I love I love that you were waiting to use that. <laughs> the King of the North? Yeah. That well, was I mean, good. Well, yeah, well, well played. Good job. 
Uh, I, I mean, I've got a I got a buddy that's out in California, and it's a a big a big Bengals fan, and he was like, we we kind of text during Cincinnati sports times, and he he sent me a message like I. I, I'm literally jumping up and down in my living room by myself, cheering, cheering for this team. He's like, I just find myself like, is it, is it Sunday yet? Are the Bengals going to be on? Like, I, I need to watch them. Yep. Well, if it's if he's in Cali, it's also like kickoff at ten in the morning out there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, when, I, when I was in Arizona a few years ago, I rapidly found out that Monday night football starting at four o'clock in the afternoon is like not the same. Yeah, I can't imagine. What that was like a year ago. I mean, the first time I was out there was during football season, and that was five years ago. But oh. you're also done with football by like eight o'clock. Yeah, it, it's it's a strange thing. Like you get up in the morning, you're really excited because you're like, hey breakfast and football although you can do that here too when they play in london yeah but so there was a there was another football game though and the cincinnati bearcats went to annapolis maryland which happens to be the state that i was born in by the way oh fun fact well fun fact fun fact could throw um, that one i was later. actually born born at a naval hospital in uh, bethesda maryland hmm. but uh yeah, they, they definitely struggled more than they have all year long with the triple option that the Naval Academy threw at them. And it took everything the Bearcats had up until pretty much the, the last defensive play of the game before they, they sealed the game and got the hell out of Dodge. Grabbed the keys, got in the bus, and left. Foot on the floor. Gone. <laughs> All gas. No break. Get out of there. So what were your takeaways on the game? How did you how did you feel the game went on Saturday? <laughs> I mean, I, I had some conversations with a couple of people before the game, like well, leading up to it. Uh, the triple option thing always. And yeah, so it's, you know, that obviously that's strictly something that their offense is going to run against your defense. Um, and, but I feel like it, you know, it, it takes up a lot of time, uh, throughout the week. Um, Luke, coach Luke, uh, kind of talked about it today during his press conference a little bit. You know, it, it does take up a lot of time, you know, kind of work through what you're, how you're going to approach trying to, to shut this down. Um, you know, he mentioned, you know, like Arquan Bush being on the sideline a lot just because, you know, they're not running uh, a lot of the, the packages with him out there. So even, they, though they, they, even though they threw the ball 15 times, which is outlandish for Navy. Well, yeah, they, I mean, they, they got, well, you know, they kind of got to a couple of points where I, I think they thought maybe they could catch the Bearcats sleeping um, on, on some of that. Um, on third down, they sure did. Right. Um, Cincinnati certainly struggled, and Chad's talked about it on Bearcat Journal with uh, all of his Brendel bites, just how much they struggled both with uh, penalties and with giving up first downs on third down and fourth and, down. And, you know, like I, I had a feeling that there could be a, a struggle there um, across the board. I, it just, it, it kind of felt like there was going to be a game at some point where they were going to 
you know, kind of scuffle to a, a, a victory. Um, and, and they, it certainly was a scuffling. Uh, it wasn't the Bearcats that we've seen for, you know, the first half of the season here, but they got it done. Uh, I, I would much rather them have this kind of, if you want to call it an off game or, you know, a, a hiccup, uh, I, I'd much rather have it against, uh, you know, Navy that than, than, like that. than uh, SMU or you know, ha- having like your them. having your hiccup or your off game against a team that uh, your C or even D game is going to be good enough to get you out the other side with a W. It was it was Let's just a wake it. up call. Yeah, I mean the whole yeah. game was was pretty much a wake up call. Like, hey, you're not just going to be handed this season. Like, teams have circled your name, especially as you've gone up in the in the polls. Now you're sitting at number two for the first time in program history. And unfortunately, it ended up being a 27-20 game against one in five Navy. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly it, w- it was certainly a struggle, one that you don't want to see on a week weekly basis going no. forward. I really feel sorry for uh, what's coming up for, for Tulane because <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like they're going to, you know, have a, have a get it right game. Yeah, yeah, a, a get a get right game. Yeah, uh, I believe Tony Pike alluded to that a, a few weeks ago on the show. Um, hopefully. And Tulane's starting quarterback. I don't. I don't know if he's going to be playing. Well, I mean, this is a Tulane team that played within five points of Oklahoma, and you know, if you talk to some people about Oklahoma, they're the the next greatest thing. So. Tulane's had a real weird season where they're I thought they were going to be good and they're not good. But you are in New Orleans on the night or the well it's a day game, but it's the day before Halloween, so hopefully there's no weird voodoo shit in the water down there. Is that the game that they is that the game that they just did they just flex that game or was it the Tulsa game that got flexed to like 3:30? It was I believe the homecoming game against Tulsa. It, it is. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, yeah, uh, there's obviously not a lot of like great and wonderful things we can say other than the fact that, you know, they, they take, a they take it one and six, dude. Well, Navy was one and five. Um, but yeah, there, there's some things we could talk. I, I know, I guess Cole Smith was hurt. Um, they said that he was injured or had, had some stuff he was dealing with, um, yeah, coming into the, the game. Yeah, coming into the game, so they knew that they were going to go with, uh, and his name escapes me, the freshman kicker, Chris. Is it Christian Lowry? It is Christian Lowry. Um, he was one of the kickers, and they also had uh, Alex Bales. Uh, Alex Bales boot the long ball. Yeah, the it was ugly. It, it was certainly not a the prettiest of field goals, but guess what? It went between the uprights and over the crossbar and counted for three points after what I thought was one of the biggest thefts uh, a referee could do, which was blow the whistle on the Deshaun Pace block return because <sighs> I have gone back and looked at it several times, and I think that he stayed in bounds. And I don't oh. care if the ref was four feet away from it, and I'm thousands of miles away in my living room. I was watching on a big TV. I feel like if you're questioning whether he was in or not, you let the play finish. I thought they were supposed you- to. And then you go back. Like, 
I don't know. I mean, the, the block was phenomenal. I mean, he get they, they get through the line like there was nobody in front of him. He gets his big paw up. He blocks it, then and catches his own block, and it takes off up the field. Um, it was, I, I was, you know, obviously like, if it had been a Navy player that did that, I'd have been like, yeah, he was out of bounds, so whatever. It, it turned, it turned out to, to work out in our favor, where you know we were able to to take the lead going into the half, and that was a. Uh, Obviously, big momentum swing because things were looking like they might get a little sketchy. Yeah, um, but Josh Wiley got the touchdown shortly thereafter, I believe. I think he was the one on that. He he had the three-yard pass. I think that all happened in the third quarter there. Yeah, they got Wiley involved this week, which is good. Yeah, two touchdowns for Wiley. Um, Jerome Ford had another big run because that's what he does. Uh, even though they, they really had nothing going on with the run all game prior to that. Um, just uh, they survived. And at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win is a win. And it, it clearly, the, 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 the voting body uh, on both sides, one, the coaches uh, actually bumped them up because – you know, they they felt that what they accomplished there was enough to say yep, yeah. and and they thought they that what and they thought what Oklahoma did against the Kansas. powerhouse of Kansas uh, was actually a worse performance than what UC had to go through. Because I'm sure any time any of these coaches around the country see Army or Air Force or Navy on their schedule running the triple option, they're like. Man, I hate this week. Like, no one, no one gets up excited to play against the triple option. And I know we played them and won real big the last time we played them in 2019, like 42 to nothing at home, which I think we can all agree that Nippert's entirely different than anywhere else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's – like I said, they survived, and at the end of the day – you know, while no one really had a fantastic view, especially when you start to look at the penalties and all that, like just just happy to get out of there with a win, get on the bus, get on the plane, go home. But that's all you can ask for really out of that. Once once it started looking like it was, it was just kind of one of those games. And I know like the Jeffemus didn't even come out of me. Like <laughs> I was I was I was calm, cool, and collected and I just wanted it to end, uh, which apparently Luke Fickle did as well because he said his press conference uh, when he started off with, I'm sure glad that week's over. Yeah, because, again, I, I, I don't think there's any coach around the country who sees one of those three teams on their schedule and thinks, like, this will be an easy week. No, because they have to prepare for a, an offense they're not going to see at any other point during the rest of the season different than unless they go to a high school state championship game somewhere right like it's different than an offense that they've seen prior to different than an offense they'll see after and they have to prepare specifically just for this game differently than they have to for the rest of their whole schedule just obnoxious i'm glad that uh they likely won't be on our schedule uh soon enough now you, you bring up Luke Fickle's presser, and there was a presser today that 
kind of has something to do with Luke Fickle that I wanted to bring up. But we saw the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tom, take a question about the USC head coaching position. And his reaction was pretty much, I'm not talking about this. I have the best job in the world. I'm not taking that job. You don't ask Bill Belichick or uh, the Walrus. You know, you don't ask them, Andy Reid, um, why they're not taking this job. So why why are you asking me about taking this job? And I guess I hadn't thought of it like that until he said that. And I really wish that Luke Fickle would freak out because I'm sure he's going to be fielding questions as Carson Palmer says that Luke Fickle's name is now being targeted as a, you know, somebody of interest for the USC head coaching position. And that doesn't mean that Luke Fickle has shown any interest in that position. But here we are with Tomlin just shitting all over the poor reporter who asked that question. And I just think it would be funny if Luke Fickle would be like, you know, you're not asking. I'm, I got the number two team in the country right now. Why are you not asking Brian Kelly? Why are you not asking Nick Saban? Why are you not asking Ryan Day? These types of questions. And why is it always my name that you guys think that I'm going to leave Cincinnati? So I don't know. I, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Because if they ask Brian Kelly, they know that he would not tell them the truth. It doesn't matter how high his team is ranked. Um, and then, uh, but I, I do agree. The, the answer he had was great. Um, I don't think as much as we want to see Luke Fickle come out and just like, you know, he, he's never, to my recollection, really ever addressed a lot of that kind of stuff because it's just on the periphery all the time. Yeah, and he doesn't need to be. Um, he kind of, the way he handles that stuff has always been, um, you know, the right way. And I think he will continue to handle things the right way. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not really worried. I don't really think about it. I like to put all of it in the in the same bucket of things. Uh, you know, things you can't. If you can't control it, why worry about it? Um, obviously, none of us have any say or any anything in into what Luke Fickle does uh, with with his coaching career. Um, and I think he has earned the uh, the right for us to really not pester him about any of it. Um, with the response, I mean, yes, he's gone and interviewed at other places. He's looked other places. Why wouldn't you if somebody's sure it's a leverage thing, if nothing else? Why wouldn't you? And if and if it has shown anything, uh, it, it's more like you know, yes, he's gotten some bumps in his pay and things here and there, whatever, but. It usually seems that he uses leverage to get money to pay his assistants. Yeah. So if he's going to do that so that he can pay those guys and keep them around and, and continue to have what we have here, we're going, we're going to a power five conference. I mean, it's literally everything you could want. You have a team that is on the national headlines. Uh, it's a team that is now ranked number two across both polls that, that matter. And there's another poll coming out here very soon. That's going to matter. November and we're going to, it's going to be very interesting to see where we land on that. We'll um, have a show right after we find out where we are ranked in the CFP. 
Maybe you know, maybe maybe we start our show early and uh, have live reaction. Have a live reaction to it. Uh, I don't know if that is possible because Ed's making a sad face, um, <laughs> but it, it is. It, it kind of is what it is. You know, you can't control it. You. I, I would like to think that the the level of respect that uh, Cincinnati Bearcat football is getting across the board uh, will translate and show up uh, from the committee. Uh, we'll know it's all a sham if we come out 10th or something. Um, I don't think that's going to happen by any means, but I'm just saying, Mike. Well, the, this weekend you do have some of the cannibalism of the Big Ten beginning as uh, Ohio State plays Penn State, although Penn State did take that L in nine overtimes last so can i just say i didn't know that they changed the overtime rules and i was hyper confused when it like because i looked away and i looked back up and i'm like wait a minute why are they what's happening right now and then you know they started talking about how you know this is kind of the new thing and then you have the you have the illinois quarterback landing and breaking his arm and it was like oh god it's hard to watch And, and then they won and it was great um I don't know that I'm a fan of the back and forth two point conversion contest. It's terrible. Um, it was aesthetically awful. And I don't know. It was like we, we talked about this on the on the show last night on BBC. We saw most most head coaches don't have more than three plays for goal line plays. And you're running that many plays from the three yard line, nine nine overtimes is absurd. It was just funny because they'd be like, like when Illinois, you know, would be the the team picking. Obviously, they're like picking away from the student section, and then it's going back down to the student section. And you're like, uh, then there were obviously a couple plays where it was like, you know, they uh, what they flicked it out to, uh, was it Clifford that missed one off like his fingertips that would have ended the game, and yeah. then like it, it, it honestly felt like it was never gonna end. And I wish they would just go back to the way that they like. I thought college football had overtime pretty well they nailed. It, they had it right. I don't know why they down changed and figured it. It's like you know, don't 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 fix what's not broken. And I think they broke what wasn't broken. Yeah, I, it was not, I hated all of it. I liked the result at the end of the day. Um, I disliked the way it got to that result because, like you said, it was not aesthetically. Ble- I mean. You might as well just have a field goal kicking contest. Like, let's play. So I did see, like, there was, like, some random person that tweeted out. They got, like, a whole lot of, like, retweets. So it somehow showed up on my feed. Where they're, like, it's a, I think it said, like, after after the seventh overtime, why don't we just bring both kickers out and play horse? Um, it's, like, just it didn't, didn't make a lot of sense. I didn't like it. I didn't know it was going to that. It's very confusing. I don't know, man. I'm but just, like you said, there is the cannibalism coming up in the Big Ten. Yeah, Michigan plays Michigan State as well this weekend. So you're going to have, um, you know, teams, four teams that were just a week ago ranked in the top 10. But again, Penn State took that L from Illinois, fell all the way to 20, which is crazy considering Iowa's already back up to nine after well, they I mean, took they, their loss. They, they, the voters do like to, to take uh, anybody that isn't Alabama and – jettison them into outer space after a loss um so it's crazy you've got that so we'll see there'll be uh plenty to keep an eye on this weekend as cincinnati is is trying to uh 
I don't want to say backdoor their way in, but they're just trying to to, to break the glass ceiling that has not allowed a uh, a group of five team into the college football playoff. Um, I mean, I think it's funny. Like, obviously, like you say it in jest that they're trying to like you know backdoor their way, whatever. But like when we talked about it last year, so you know, obviously, like the Georgia game happened, and when it was over, right. you know, all eyes turned to the Indiana week and then the Notre Dame week that was coming up. And everybody said, if you see, you know, can do, they can kick the door down. And that, I mean, I, I do feel like that's kind of what they're doing. They're they're They've met thus far, every challenge head on. Mm-hmm. They've gotten past, uh, you know, the, a big 10 school in their own stadium. I don't care what you want to say about Indiana and how good well, or not they are. I mean, obviously Ohio state just whacks them over the weekend. That's going to happen. Do you want to talk about that though? Cause I, I talked about this on the show last night as well. They didn't have Michael Penix jr. Playing in that game. Their second string quarterback got injured in the first drive. He got concussed and was out of the game and they had third and fourth string the rest of the game. So you want to tell me that this is the same team that Cincinnati played in the like, in the pour, for, in the pouring down rain for for the Ohio State people banging that drum saying common uh, common opponent we we destroyed them uh, pretty sure we we would have destroyed a uh, you know third and fourth string quarterback Hoosiers team as well I don't. Yeah, I- and when it when it comes down to it, we we covered the spread away at you know in a Big Ten stadium that was packed and loud and yeah it is just is what it wasn't a it wasn't like you know they weren't playing in the slop there were no gimmicks there was no silliness I didn't watch the Ohio State Indiana game so like I I couldn't tell you what happened there I, I mean uh, Ohio I'm State hasn't Ohio State hasn't played okay so like Ohio State hasn't really played anybody either if you want to get on that like bandwagon and the only team that they did play beat them at their house Mm -hmm. and like you know i don't like getting in fights with ohio state fans because i could care less really about like i don't have this like desire because i i I want them to actually like do well but not as good as you see uh because (laughs) i I do i do fear that that's like the one place that luke might turn and leave for and i wouldn't have any they need to do well enough to keep Ryan Day around. Yeah, sure. keep keep Ryan Day around. Um, it I don't know. It's it's just stupid. Like I don't I don't like getting in any of these arguments. I had you know, I see enough stupidity flying around scrolling. on Twitter. Not just exactly. You know, yeah, just keep scrolling. I, I don't. I I go by Ed's moniker. You know, keep, scrolling, keep scrolling. Don't stop. Don't tweet at anybody and let them get in. You not know. engage. Don't you retweet. Not engage. Don't don't You're put enough. a gif. Just just keep scrolling. Like yep. like yep. you know, Ed's always like, what, I'm about to I send do. this tweet, and then Aaron's like, you were not permitted to engage. You know, break off, fly Cease away, Ed. Just keep fly scrolling. away. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. You know, so you've got all that kind of stuff coming up. Obviously, we're gonna have a a, a common opponent in Tulane Tulsa. with 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 uh, Tulsa. Huh? Tulsa. Tulane. Lost to Oklahoma by five. Oh, I was saying Tulsa. Ohio State played Tulsa. Oh, okay. And so that'll be another common opponent that we have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we blow the doors off of them, then what do you say? Like, because that was another team that Ohio State struggled with for almost three quarters at home. 
Okay. So, and, and, but the thing is like, you know, that, that was, you know, we, they were learning and, and yes, every team is should, if they have a, if they have designs on winning a national title, every team should get better as the year goes on. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, hey, real quick, did you guys just see what happened in the World Series? No. Um, it was five to nothing. Charlie Morton got hit in the one back up to the to the mound, got hit right in his ankle. Threw the guy out at who was running the first, pitched two more batters, struck them out. Turned out he had a broken ankle from that. That's wild. Just broke his right with a broken ankle. Yeah, just striking guys out with a broken fibula. I mean, that's that's even better than uh, old Kurt Schilling with the bloody sock. With the bloody yeah. sock. One of those guys was uh, Jose Altuve. 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 Yes. Yeah, Altuve. That's why. Why is Altuve? So. <laughs> I'm looking directly at his freaking name, and I said Altuve. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing over there. Good work, Ted. He's just he's just <laughs> getting late. himself pumped up. He's got it's, a he's got a big sixty seconds coming up soon. It's, uh, it's no surprise though that your uh, your your voice to text messes up as often as it does. That's true. I, I think we figured that out. We're not uh, getting on. We're not getting on this. 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 No, but uh, uh, I'm I'm excited for for this weekend for the Bearcats to. Have that get right game, um, and yep. uh, and continue pressing forward with what they need to take care of and what they need to do, and that's I know Luke hates it, but style points. Yes, they need to stack so, them up. So one of the things we talked about last night is uh, oh gross, get out of here! No one but you is Team Android. Actually, Chad is also, but um. One of the things we talked about on the show last night that I wanted to run by you guys is that there there was a guy that goes by Hep C on the on the Bearcat journal boards. Hep Cronin? And it was quite possibly Hep Cronin who was saying on the boards that he had access and was attending practice. Uh, it's on the uh, the October open thread or something like that. Um, yeah, the October open thread on on page five, I believe. But uh, Hep Cronin was at practice, according to that uh, that name on the Bearcat Journal board. So, what do you guys think about Hep Cronin being at Coach Wes Miller's practice, considering that Coach John Brannon? Didn't let anybody in. Like at all. Pro- I don't have a problem with it. Which one? With not with letting him being anybody there. in at all? Exactly. I don't have a problem with him being there at all. With it at I just all. think it's very, it just goes to show, not that we didn't already know, how different this coaching regime is by comparison to the previous coaching regime. I think it's absolutely crazy. I mean, I think it's it. 64 upvotes. Look. Look to 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 bring to bring uh, allow you know folks in that have some connection to the history of the program and things like that. Please do. I don't. I, please I don't do. It, uh, exactly. Please do. 
you guys were talking last night on the BBC, um, or the, yeah, BB, BB, you guys were talking on your podcast last night about how Chad was talking about how we have like, what, four, six foot guys, almost seven foot guys or two, sorry, two, uh, almost seven, whatever it was in this afternoon during my lunch break, I was watching, um, the 99, 2000, uh, Kenyon Martin, 1000 game against Memphis and in my head, the whole time I was thinking, why can't we just bring him back to show these guys how to play defense? Like, he had 12, no, 10 blocks in that game. Like, Because nobody drives anymore. Everyone's well, there's just that out too. around the arc shooting threes. There's that too. But, but uh, why not bring these guys in? Why? I mean, Hep is a, is, if this is Hep, he's a Hall of Fame high school basketball coach. Is he not? Why not bring him in? My entire point is just I think it's fantastic that Wes is allowing people into practice with open arms and just still continuing to do just every opportunity he has to make a decision for the betterment of this program. He seems to always make the right decision, and it's just such a breath of fresh air. Um, Steve Logan, I think, was at practice today too along with uh, Terry. Yeah, he was there, Terry. I mean, a a lot of – Jackson, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a lot of that goes back to, you know, likely a lot of the, you know, the stuff that he, uh, okay. Chad confirms it is Hep. He's been a BCJ. Well, he danced around, he danced around it last night. So I didn't know if he wanted me to come out and just say point blank. Well, he's been a BCJ member for a long time. Well, that's good. There you go. That's That's good. Good good for Chad on that one, by the way. It's 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 a lot of the uh, you know, that speaks to the culture that that Wes Miller wants to develop here and have here. Where it's like, look, if you are a part of this program, you're going to be a part of this program for as long as I'm in charge of it. You'll be welcome to come back, and whether it's you know talk to the players or just be you know be up in the stands because you. Let's say you bring some of those guys back. Let's say there is a Kenyon Martin, a Lance Stevenson, any of these guys. You know, you know, Demar's around all the time. These guys there. Do you not think that that elevates the the level of practice? The guys on the court are like, man, look, like I'm playing, I'm I'm practicing right now in front of. I don't want to be out here slouching. I mean, not to say that they would slouch at practice without those guys, but you know, maybe they would take a playoff here or there. But they well, see these guys in the stands. And it kind of elevates that level of intensity at practice, which only benefits during games. The success of the football team, I would think, is directly correlated as well. Like, yeah. you can't be on the basketball team and see the football team going balls to the wall, number two team in all of the country. And, um, oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that at all. Most don't know. But, but this is actually great information to talk about UC baseball. That Did you guys know that Hep Cronin played for the UC baseball team? Are you trying to get us on the baseball board now? <laughs> no, but like, do you think Mick Cronin's going to tell uh, Kareem Abdul-Javar not to come around the gym? No, you want these I mean, guys around. That's a little different. Well, okay. Do you think... Okay, I guess. I mean, Kareem doesn't have a son playing for another collegiate team. Coaching. In all fairness. But... Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I was... <laughs> You know, as I was uh, 
I tweeted earlier today. Um, th- my favorite the the clip from my favorite crosstown shootout that I attended, and Chris Lapore was like that dude Jaron Cumberland. I mean, they're even the 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 guys who were just here two or three years ago. They're embracing that and they're they're learning about the culture and I I I have to love that. I know Aaron just brought it up, but it's like yeah, you know, a lot of the stuff. I mean, Wes Miller can't be. Uh, more excited about what the football team is doing because he can bring those recruits into yep. that atmosphere. And yeah. I know we talked about it like a couple weeks ago, I think with Chad when he was on, um, you know, bringing those guys in to see that atmosphere and be like, you can, you can have that same atmosphere. Yeah. Cause they will, those fans will cheer just as hard for you guys on that basketball court and that <laughs> inside fifth third arena as they, as they do out here on the football field. And how hungry is this fan base? I mean, we talked, we opened the show with how good it is that Cincinnati is finally having success. And so you have a very hungry fan base, one that has tasted success under Huggins, under Cronin. And, you know, we never quite got over that hump of, you know, round two. But, you know, just to have fifth third alive and all that. They're hungry. They want to be able to lose their minds and be a ravenous fan base again. That's not an easy. That that is also not an easy place to play when it's loud and and jam packed with fans. It's a great. And I know place a lot. I know a lot of too. basketball. A, a lot of basketball places can get loud, but it, it it always seems like it's you know a few extra decibels inside there whenever that place is jam packed. Do we have the decibel really meter back? I don't think so. Man, we need to bring that back. Um, it's not really built for the uh, acoustics, as it's pretty much. A, I mean, they they changed it with some of the angles now in yeah. the re when they redid it, but it was always just a box. <laughs> yeah. You came and you played in a box, pretty much. And. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't wait to get back in there, get fans back in there, and all of that. Um, I just can't it, wait for like the I'm first get, couple games, you know, just to see the the, the style what, of play and the, and right. see what we got. And, and like you said, though, like to be this excited and you know, it's not a knock on them at all to have low expectations, especially coming off of what we came off of and seeing that we've got all the. I mean, I know you touching back on old shows again. Uh, you know, they they got to start at basketball one hundred and one kind of learn each other and learn, you know, where each person's going to be and what their responsibilities are going to be outside of what the basic responsibilities of each position are. Most of these guys haven't played together. I mean, you have the the five that were here last year that did play together. And then you have the guys that Wes got to come over with him from uh, UNCG. But outside of that, you know, Ado, Odie, um, Newman, um, those guys are all outside guys coming in, so it should uh, it should certainly be interesting. It's exciting. It's absolutely exciting just to see what the product is and the fact that the schedule is nowhere near as treacherous as it was when we had to play Georgia at their apex and Tennessee when they were really good and all of that. So, um, but the basketball season starts. Two weeks from tonight, um, so 14 days. We'll see if we can't line up a guest uh, within the next couple weeks. But I'm 
thoroughly excited just to see what what happens with basketball this year. I think I might take the day Hi, off Clay. Work. Hey, what's up, Clay? Left me what? out of that one. What What did you say? Ed? <laughs> I think I'm gonna take Before the day off that? of work just to prepare for that game. Um, I would have taken the uh, the day after. That's that's usually how that goes for me. Look, I got four <laughs> weeks. I got four weeks of vacation left, so I could take the day after and the two days before off if I want to. Fair enough. Um, outside of that, I don't know that I have anything left on basketball. Do you guys have anything else? No, I'm just jacked. I'm ready for it. Well, um, do you want to go ahead and run that that bum of the week audio? You could warn me about this kind of stuff. I mean, I feel like you should have number that one, one producer should have that at a button push. Bleep. Oh, oh here, here we go here with we the Windows sounds. <laughs> oh goodness. Actually I did almost set the buttons up on this, but then I, I messed a couple of them up and I just quit and walked away. Uh okay, yeah, I got it queued up. Do you want that? Yep. Because you're training like a damn bum, you know that? Bum. A bum! You are a bum! You're a bum! And that's all you'll ever be! A bum! Well, that hurts, man. So, the bum of the week this week, it has to be the guy... Is it? Is it the guy who was handed the 600th yes. touchdown from Tom Brady? Or... Is it Mike Evans who handed him the ball, not realizing what was even going on? No, it's the guy Wait who gave minute. up the football. How How is he a bum? The guy Mike who gave Evans? up the football? Because he just gave up. Yeah. That ball was worth a, what a, an auction that, house came out and said that ball was worth about $500,000. Okay, let, let's talk about this for a second. Well, before, you, before you make that point, Chad did say uh, Wes Miller Thursday night is going to be on the BCJ pod. Hey, Heard it here first. On our pod, Why don't we put that out there? Um, we can coach Wes Miller. That, we'll take Chris Lepore. I don't understand why, just because he gives a ball back to a professional athlete that accomplished something that no one else has ever accomplished, why does that make him a bum? That makes him a stand-up dude. And he was compensated very well for it. Compensated very well. He, all he got was two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom. He got a signed Mike Evans jersey and his game cleats. He got a thousand dollar credit at the Bucks team store, and he got two season tickets for the remainder of this season and next season. Okay, now that I'm actually saying it out loud, that does sound pretty good. But and, does that all equal up to five hundred thousand? And a Bitcoin worth oh. sixty three thousand dollars. He got a Bitcoin worth sixty three thousand dollars. From Tom, Tom, hooked, Brady. Tom hooked him up with a Bitcoin. Here's the thing. I'm still waiting for that, that Dogecoin that you told so me to buy to go up. So, well, you missed the train on that one. To it, the moon! So he, he walks out of the stadium with that football, right? He's not making it to his car. Well, it's 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 not authenticated. No. Right? So I I don't care. The, the Tom Dra Tom Brady's jersey that was stolen out of the locker room wasn't authenticated, and it sold on the internet for some bucks. Okay, well the the market value of a game worn Tom Brady jersey is about two thousand dollars. There's two grand there. But it was a world. It What's was a the, Super Bowl jersey. Okay, all right. The value of 
you know, probably goes up a little bit. The the value of, of some some of those. His, okay, his first Bowl. his first touchdown pass did his first touchdown pass football sold this past summer for four hundred ninety two thousand dollars. Yeah, so number six hundred so, is definitely going to sell so, for more. So six hundred could could probably rival that. But then you got to deal with you know. It's well, never been done before though. It's not like it was just you know like it's the it, to me it's the right thing to do. He said it himself. I can't say no to Tom Brady. The The Bucks are going to take care of him. He's going to take care of for the rest of the season. Next year, he's going to have season tickets. He's a fan. He wants to keep coming to games. Like He doesn't want to be a villain. He doesn't want to be the guy from uh, the Chicago Cubs who could never go to a Chicago Cubs game again. He, he doesn't want to be the guy. He doesn't want to be the guy that you know caught Joey Votto's home run ball and was like <laughs> being a, a bum about that whole situation. Like you don't want to. You just you're right. Me, I said that guy wanna, was a bum too. Okay, yeah, you know, I think to, you're right. To me, you don't I, like for me. Those things that he was given would be, are are more than enough. I mean, they they told him right there apparently that you know here's a. I guess they swapped him out and gave him another game used ball. You know, what really what's the difference to him? Like if he sits it at his house and he's like, Look, I have another game used ball that was used in the game that he threw the six hundred touchdown pass. And you know, I also have these other things. And he, he immediately got a Bitcoin. That's, that's sixty three grand. So if he I, wants to turn around and dump that, that's sixty three grand in his pocket. Did you guys watch the um the Eli and Peyton Manning Monday night football? broadcast last night no okay. i saw a clip of it but back to the other hold one hold on real quick just real quick i don't, I don't think quick. i don't think that evan mike evans is a bum either he he, he caught too many touchdown passes during the game and just forgot drew Brees <laughs> and then they on. zoomed in on him on the sideline when they were telling Man. him and he was like oh i i was i gave I was, that one away i was up in my fantasy league too and i had i went up against a guy who had both brady and evans and i'm like God, I lost. <laughs> I won this week. Well, I have, I, I have Tom, I have Tom Brady. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers, and Jamar Chase. No, but I have Derrick Henry, who usually also carries me like that too, but not this week. Only like eighteen points. Man. Anyways, Drew uh, Brees was on was on that broadcast, and you know how they do like they zoom them in. I guess it's Zoom. Could be Skype. Yeah, it's probably yeah, Skype because it's whatever. The NFL. It's it's an online call. His backdrop. You know how mine is like this. You know, right here, the part of the yeah. punctuation sign. His backdrop is a dang on NFL uh, Super Bowl trophy. How how freaking? It's probably not an NFL Super Bowl trophy, but an MVP trophy. No, it was the Super Bowl trophy. They don't give the players Super Bowl trophies. It looked okay. Well, I'm gonna find a picture because it it. The MVP trophy is a smaller version of the actual Super Bowl trophy. Regardless, that's a big time flex. That's what I'm saying, right? How about that flex? How about you go on your your team calls with your your captain, and you're just like, "Hey, what's up, Cap?" And you got a dang on uh, MVP possibly trophy in the background. Here's a question for you, Jeff: If you get a sixty three thousand dollar Bitcoin as a gift from somebody, do you have to pay a gift tax? Probably. And then if you cash it, also pay the taxes for cashing it? That would be horrible. Probably. There's nothing I left. Of- I, don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, it gets, I, I guess it depends on like what, I don't know. I'm not a financial guru. I don't, or is there like a, a time frame that you have to cash it for, upon receiving? 
said gift where you wouldn't have to pay double tax but only have to pay just the gift tax on it i mean i would i would have a hard time not immediately cashing it out because that's a lot of money that i didn't have like you know and and that that's the other thing about that is like football i mean how often do milestone footballs go in the stands never never keep your big keep your bitcoin i'll take a briefcase full of cash well, the, I mean that, but the thing is, is like the like you get a like that briefcase full of cash isn't just gonna like for no reason continue to to go up and no, like. But it would, oh, you it could would pay my it. debt. That, that's true. I mean, that's too. I, I mean, I I would take the Bitcoin because I'm a nerd and I think it's cool. Um, and you know, I would let it. I would probably then convert that Bitcoin into Ethereum, but that's another talk for another day. All right. So well, I, I it I've is changed my I've changed my thought on it. I think Mike Evans is now the bum for it. <laughs> Mike Evans is the bum of the week, I think. Yeah. Do you think that guy thinks Mike Evans is a bum? No. 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 <laughs> that guy's Mike, 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 Mike Evans. Evans is his lucky rabbit's foot. Yes. He probably still can't stand right now without people seeing how excited he was. <laughs> uh, oh, I see where you're going with that. That's Just saying. <laughs> late night PTP. All right. <laughs> I, I think we have uh, our, our new favorite segment coming up. Yes, that's what we were going to go to. It is time for everyone's favorite new segment. AEW Review with Ed in 60 seconds. Ed, are you prepared for this this week? Yes, but I have a preface. It's um, a preface. But preface, whatever. Um, I only did two matches. I only did two matches this week, and it was it was for Rampage because I was really interested in this. Uh, I did the the uh, Dustin Rhodes match and the Cody Rhodes match because I was real interested in this brother, uh, well, this uh, I, I father like you're son to steal combo. Time. You're waste, you're wasting time. This is, this is also yes. This was yeah, nope, no, this match it. took right, place. At we're gonna night. start. We're gonna start here. Okay, Ed's been muted until you God. get ready to start the clock. The worst. He just tried to sneak I'm all that in. I'm not muted on, odd, on audio. Look, he's still People trying can to still hear me. Time. People can still hear me if they download the podcast. They can still hear in me. In his 60 seconds. Absurdity. All right. 60 Erroneous. seconds with Ed. <laughs> Erroneous on all counts. Count it down, Aaron, and I'll all unmute right. him. Ed's, Ed's 60 seconds text. of AEW talk starts in three. Two and go. All right. So the night started off with Dustin Rhodes versus Brian. I cannot read my handwriting. Here are the thoughts that I had. How many <laughs> names has Dustin Rhodes had in his past? You mean the artist formerly known as Gold Dust? There's a bunch of other ones. Also, is he 50 years old? Uh, also, uh, damn it. There's a Let's Go Brandon sign in the crowd. I guess I asked for that because I asked about signs last week. Um, this is a great match, by the way. Uh, yo, was that B Fox? There was a dude looked like B Fox on the screen. Then there was the Cody Rhodes versus Mal- Mal- Malik Black match. Uh, is this Marlena's son? Uh, yo, is that Art Anderson in, in the crowd? Uh, Cody went for the finisher way too early in this one. Oh shit, Cody Rhodes is his brother, not his son. I thought it was his son. Uh, the security took the let's go Brandon side. Ha <laughs> ha. Why are we still using wooden tables? Why don't we use plastic tables? Also, the dude just shit himself. And that's it. Ed's been muted? Ed's been muted. I don't think he made it through both matches, and that's fantastic. (laughs) He he really struggled with 
pronouncing. No, you don't. No, you have two more things. I know. Your back no, what I'm saying is, I had again? two more things. I almost made it. I almost made it through the whole thing. I don't want you to ever make it because I no. think cutting you off is the best part about all of it, especially when you stumble for like three seconds just on the word Malik. The name. Is it Mal- that was a 20th- oh, it's Malachi? It's Malachi Black. Damn it. A, a 20th of your time was spent stumbling over that word. It's Malachi my, my Black. My favorite part about this segment is Councilman Barnett has to wait all the way till the end. Agreed. But think about all that. Right. Gold Dust has had five, five so, six different names. No, I'm not thinking about anything AEW That's outside crazy. of your 60 seconds, Ed. So, Jeff, do you have anything else for this week? No, I'm just excited for where everything's going. It is a great time to be a Cincinnatian, a Cincinnation, a member of Cincinnati, someone who resides in the state of Cincinnati, however the hell you want to call it, the city just north of Kentucky. I don't care. That is not in Kentucky, Sir Yacht. In any case, that was another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. Again, don't forget to hop on YouTube. You can find us, Pardon the Punctuation, on YouTube. Don't forget to smash that like button, hit subscribe, and uh, we'll see what we can't do to try and and grow that base as well. Um, But you can get all of our live reactions. You can see the uh, the chats as as we post some of those as well when you watch the YouTube video. But again, I am Aaron Smith, joined by my buddies Ed Mayhall and Jeff Howell. So for them, that was another episode of Pardon Punctuation, and we're out. What? Ba-dum-bum.